Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, January 12th. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Matt Bellman. We're breaking down an eight-game slate. DraftKings dropped the final two, as did FanDuel, which takes this slate to a 7.30 start and an 8 p.m. lock. You got a 30-minute window once you get those lineups in, and all of a sudden you could walk away and enjoy the rest of your Friday night. Shout out to BetMGM for being the sponsor. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Follow us both on Twitter. Yesterday stunk, man. Uh, I hope you had Josh Giddy. What, Josh Giddy plus Peyton Pritchard plus Bobby Portis? Oh my God, what a just, what a stupid, stupid, stupid day. So bad, so bad. I would apologize for being a couple minutes late on here, but I have a sick wife, a wife with food poisoning and a sick daughter, so... I think I'm the one that deserves the uh, apology over here. You're good. You're good. I, I I deserve one for recommending Chris Middleton's over in points yesterday. He had five because the Bucks kicked the shit out of the Celtics so bad that it never needed anything else. So dumb. And Blowout Portland so is bad. next level garbage. Blowout so bad where the Celtics bench their entire starting five for the second half. And you rarely see this. A blowout so bad. The team yeah. that was blowing out OKC pulled all their guys with in like five minutes into the third quarter. Dude, Josh Giddy played 22 and a half minutes. Here's what's you don't see this. Josh Giddy, 2.3 fantasy points per minute last night, triple double in 22 and a half minutes. SGA 2.12 fantasy points per minute, 21 minutes, 31 real points. We're not done though. That's the crazy part. Jalen Williams, also over two fantasy points per minute. He played 19 minutes, 21.7 boards, four assists. They just, they, and like, I'm underselling Chet because he only went for 1.54 with a uh, 19.4 block, three assist day. Just an absolute destruction of the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, and luckily for us, or unluckily, we get Portland to get on the slate tonight. OKC, man, I know you've been talking a lot about them. They are really really good like i don't think they're they gonna are. win the title this year but they're yeah. one of a few teams that could yeah that's why i think they should be incredibly active in making their move for the future right now get get whoever this next guy is the assuming they want to bring somebody in which you would think they do get that dude in here right now so you can get a playoff run with these guys and be locked and loaded for next season and it's also the type of thing you know bill simmons says this a lot like just because you think your window is going to be so yeah. and so, like, you know, if you want to make yeah. God laugh, tell him your plans. Like, who the hell knows what's going to happen? 
you are a Liz Frank injury to Chet Holmgren away from this just like not being that thing for who knows how long. I, I, you got to make, I mean, like I wanted that move to be OG Ananobi. It's clearly not OG Ananobi now. I don't know what that person would be. Do you go out there and get Laurie Markkinen and see what that looks like? I don't know. Maybe. Someone that, like, you know what you need to come in here, and that is a a guy without an ego stepping into a team that is really young and cooking. But they need to make the move, I think. Just get it in there and start figuring out what you have right now because the, the future is the present already. It just has to be when you're this good in the NBA because you never know what's going to yeah. happen. Simmons keeps talking about Jared Allen being the perfect fit for OKC. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think so don't either. He's it. just not bulky enough like to be like a differentiator from Chet. And also, like, yeah. not sure how much Cleveland wants to deal. I'm not saying they wouldn't, but you know what I mean? I mean, the problem there is just we saw Jared Allen got, get absolutely embarrassed in the playoffs last year. You can find centers that are like Jared Allen pretty easily. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I'm just, this isn't an immediate one to one comparison. But if you wanted to just call up the Atlanta Hawks and get Clint Capella, you can do that right now if you want to. Another just like totally functional, you know, like average starting center in the NBA. Very little effort. Like, Capella's probably not quite as good as Allen per yeah. se, but they're the same. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. They're not like Jared Allen isn't on some like completely different no. tier where you're like, oh no. man, we got to go, like, we got to move heaven and earth here. I think it's the guy not... that people should be trying to get from Atlanta is Okongwu. Sure. I don't think, I don't think Atlanta wants to make that move. Fair point. But yeah, there's, there's something here. There's something out there to hunt down. We'll figure out what that is. But for now, we're going to break down this eight game slate. Sacramento Kings. One-point underdogs in Philadelphia, 241 total. Only one man on the Kings on DraftKings is pulling a lot of ownership. Should be incredibly obvious to you guys if you know the Sacramento Kings roster. That would be Trey Lyles, $3,700 power forward center, projected for 17% ownership. I've got 22. I'm not surprised by that. Sabonis is getting love on FanDuel because they give him power forward eligibility. Why even bother with positions if you're going to call DeMontis Sabonis the power forward who unquestionably has never played a single second of power forward for the Sacramento Kings? But he's 27% owned there. Much easier to roster. What do you like from the Kings here against the Philadelphia 76ers team once again without Joel Embiid? I think Lyles, just for the price point, looks like a really solid fill-in. Like you're not building around Trey Lyles, but just don't see guys at that, that price point that are expected to see decent minutes all that often. So he obviously does play a decent amount and also Kevin Herter's questionable, which if Herter misses just, you know, can't hurt Lyles upside for minutes. That's all I'll say there. I think that the rest of Sacramento Sabonis and Fox specifically look good here. Hard to prioritize them on this slate. It's clearly a better matchup with no Embiid. Yeah. I think there's just other spend out options that look, look better on a, you know, on paper, if you will. Do you agree? I do. Um, we might end up liking like a Chris Duarte or something if Herder ends up out. Like you, we might squeeze out a little bit more value from these guys if we lose him. But for Lyles, I mean, we're seeing him play around 20 minutes a night. We saw him get 32 uh, two nights ago or three nights ago, whatever that was, uh, January 9th. So we know that there's potential for him to just play Harrison Barnes off the floor and get additional run. I think Keegan looks interesting, but 6,300 power forward only. It's hard to get a lot of volume. We've got 12% ownership coming into Malik Monk right now. I don't have a single share 
I, I don't mind ever getting to Monk, and the minutes do seem to be creeping up sometimes, but is that just a function of Kevin Herter playing less than one minute last time out, and you just kind of give Monk a couple extra, and ultimately he just falls back to his 26? I think that's probably the case. I agree with that. And any given game, you know, Monk has a ton of upside, but I don't think there's like this specific spot or this price point makes me like need to roster him, you know? I just had like a long dangly hair strike my ear. Couldn't figure out what was happening. I felt like there were critters crawling out of the ceiling <laughs> to get me. Philadelphia 76ers side. I have a very different amount of this of this game. 26% ownership coming into a $4,100 Nick Batum. Uh, 14 to Tobias Harris, 14 to Tyrese Maxey, 24 to DeAnthony Melton at 6,100 on FanDuel. As far as I'm concerned, run away from that one as fast as you can. If you looked at his minutes from the last game, that one's tricky. I got a lot of two of these guys. I have two more of them. What stands out most to you from Philadelphia? You know, Batum stands out as like kind of like Trey Lyle. It's just yeah. a really good points per dollar play. This goes back to what you talk about a lot for years. Like, DFS, you know, specifically NBA DFS is a pricing game. Like it's not about Nick Batum. It's about that Nick Batum X amount of minutes at 4,100. So he looks really, really good here. Philly's been priced up a little bit. I think Maxi looks similar to the Kings guys, maybe a little bit better, but right in that range with Sabonis and Fox for me. Tobias Harris looks good. He looks like a solid cog type that you can play if you want not a guy you have to roster. Those guys look good. And then I think DeAnthony Melton, like this is a pretty good spot. I'm not sure I want to go to like the third tier options on Philly though. I agree. I have four dudes. The guy I have the most is Tyrese Maxey, currently in half of my lineups. I'm getting to him in a big, big way. 585 minutes now with Joel Embiid off the floor. 32.5% usage. 57.5% true shooting, 1.3 DraftKings points per minute, and he gets a matchup with a relatively quick team, you know, better than average for Sacramento, 19th in defensive rating. This feels like a really nice spot for Maxi. So I am going to be getting there once again. I am a little bit over the field on Nick Batum, 4,100, played massive minutes last time out. Seems like a completely reasonable uh, value option at the four. I have a matching the field on Tobias Harris, and I actually got to 10% Paul Reed. He's 5,500. He's only 4% owned. I don't trust that, but there are games where all of a sudden Paul Reed plays like 28 or 29 minutes, like everything's clicking. He's also live to play 20, and they go to a bunch more Mo Bamba and a bunch more Marcus Morris. But if he's going to be 4% owned, we're still talking about a guy that's normally a 1.1 fantasy point per minute guy. He has the opportunity to play more minutes. I like him as a GPP play. Yeah, I'm with that. I thought you were going to say Marcus Morris, but the read call makes a lot of sense just for everything you said. Like, you don't trust it, but now you're getting the no ownership. So that's right. why you don't really need to trust it because if he hits here, you're, you're going to get paid off. So, yeah, like I have 10%, he's 5% owned. It's not, I'm not hitching my wagon to it by any means. Yeah, easy way to get over the field on him. So I, I'm totally with that. Next game up is the track meet du jour. Indiana Pacers, five and a half point dogs in Atlanta, 252 total. Um, No Tyrese Halliburton, obviously. This is the biggest total on today's slate. It is 33 points clear of Orlando and Miami, which is the low man for today. 15% ownership coming into Jalen Smith. He is 5K, power forward center. Now, we didn't see him last time out. He is questionable for today. 
as is Aaron Neesmith. Only other guy pulling double digits in ownership is Bruce Brown at 14. I have two different guys in double digits right now. I am getting to Jalen Smith. I always get to Jalen Smith. I hate getting to Jalen Smith, but he's such a good per minute dude that it really doesn't take much. Do you find yourself seeing anything on Indiana that you like? Yeah, I mean, Indiana, pretty much every game they play now is it's a track meet, and today's no different. Jalen Smith stands out. I don't know if it's because he didn't play last game, but his price didn't move while a bunch of other guys did. Bruce Brown's still very affordable. I think those two guys are the guys that like stand out to me. But Miles Turner, TJ McConnell, I mean, all these guys are in play. I doubt they change up their starting lineup, but who knows? So, yeah, I think Indiana looks like a place you can get a bunch of exposure to. Yeah, like you're you're just going to want pieces of this team. I think that's the easiest way to talk about it in that maybe nobody just immediately jumps off the page, but there's so much to go around in this spot that I think you got to grab a little bit of it. So I have 10% of OB Toppin right now. Uh, Not much to read into there. 4,700, just kind of like the Trey Lyles play, another power forward center type dude. I have 16% of a 3% owned Andrew Nemhard. Now that did not go well last time out. He was one for eight from the field, coughed it up a bunch. Now we're facing an Atlanta team, 26th in defense, not a team I'm all that worried about. The stats are there for Nemhard. And I'm very interested. So I have 16. He's projected for three on the season with Halliburton off the floor and TJ McConnell off the floor. And I want to be very clear here. It matters that they're both off. Nemhard and McConnell split the point guard minutes last last game. They, these guys were not playing alongside of each other. That is big for Andrew Nemhard. In 232 minutes this season, and I will just say right out of the gate, these this data matches what we saw last year. This season alone, though, 232 minutes without either one of those guys on the floor. 0.97 DraftKings points per minute, 23% usage. The only downside, 46% true shooting is atrocious. I don't think that's the like his actual landing spot, but certainly below average. We're talking about a guy that's over a fantasy or right around a fantasy point per minute in a pace up spot against a bad defense in Atlanta. I am still going to Nemhard no matter how bad it looked. And if he just happens to be playing better, he could be playing more of those minutes at the end of the fourth quarter instead of TJ McConnell. So I am getting to Nemhard once again, not getting to the 7K McConnell off the bench, but I'm sure people will get paid off for that one. If the slate started right now, I wouldn't be, but like I have no arguments with anything you said. You know what I mean? Like in any given lineup, there's only eight spots to play. You can't play everyone. So he wouldn't be a priority for me right now, but he falls into the yeah. group of of like other Indiana guys that I would have no problem with. Um, yeah. Again, he's he, he's a GPP specific play for me because, based on the ownership, but he's like my personal GPP play for today. I love that. I love that for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, try to be nice over here about it. Sure. Look, it's he's just such a different guy when those guys aren't on the floor. You you look at his regular stats because he plays so often alongside those guys and he looks like shit. But when you, you don't have them out there, he just plays a completely different role. Just need the damn ball to go in the hoop. It's funny. I remember exactly last year. He had a game in Portland where Halliburton and McConnell missed and he yeah. went absolutely nuts. Yeah, and like then, 40 real points or something yes, stupid. Exactly. And then I think he played a couple more games with McConnell out and was really good. And then as soon as McConnell came back, he was bad. And they were sharing the floor together a lot. So I love that you brought that up. I like it. I like it. 
On the Atlanta side, I kind of want everything here. Uh, 10% ownership to Trey Young, Sadiq Bey, Jalen Johnson, almost 20 to Capella, 20 to DeJounte Murray, around 10 for Bogdanovich. These guys are playing massive minutes in a very limited rotation. Their prices look good. The matchup is exceptional. They are playing Capella and Okongwu together recently. Capella is only 6,100. I want every bit of Atlanta, and I have every bit of Atlanta. The only guys that I don't have are Garrison Matthews, for very obvious reasons. And I don't have any of Okongwu because he's up to 5,800 now coming off of that start in the last game. Yeah, um... Man, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I want to do here. Another okay. spot, another spot where there just seems like a lot of good plays, no play that you feel like you have to lock in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think DeJounte Murray looks like the best option. 7,200 is sort of the low end of what his price gets to. You get him against the one of the worst defenses and the, one of the fastest teams. They lose like a half or like a, a possession and a half with no Halliburton. So they are a little bit slower, but they're still fast. But you're getting that low price on Murray with the MPE. And the fact that it's against Indy here, I think he stands out the most. But like I have 16% Capella, 28 of Murray, 18 of Jalen Johnson, 24 of Bay, 32 of Trey Young. I'm just not finding it difficult to get to this this game at all. We could see it's 252. I mean, we're talking the standard deviation on top of that, and we're like we're at what 265, 270 points here. They're gonna hang a lot. There's no defense to be had. Ownership is so flat today. Like the only yeah. two guys getting above 26% ownership are the two Houston guys, Green and Sangoon. No yeah. one else pulling over 26% ownership. I'd be surprised if Murray wasn't one of the highest owned players on the slate. Maybe I'm wrong there, but his price tag does stand out at 7200 That makes yeah. me leery. Kind of okay. what you said about Terry Rozier the other day, like sure. in a different way. Like Murray can obviously crush a $7,200 price tag, but yeah. he's also been known to disappear time and time again. And it's almost like the opposite of sticker shock. Like if you were yeah. 7700 would he be owned? Now, again, he's not projected to be too high owned right now. So maybe everything I'm saying goes by the wayside, but. I am a little bit worried that he becomes like really, really popular. And if so, I won't like him as much, but you're right. Like he's too cheap for this spot. I mean, this is a game where like you could game stack it and just play seven pieces from this game and, and yeah. hope for, you know, an outlier type circumstance here, which if you get the outlier here, it's not like you need that much more, you know? No, not at all. And like, there are a couple games on the slate that are just, pretty much zeros. And that makes it a lot easier to want to focus on the game that has no defense, fast teams, and the highest total on the slate by over 10 points. Yep. Moral of the story. If you like anything on Indy or in Atlanta, you can be pretty confident that you're putting it in your lineup. Mm -hmm. Schedule for the rest of the day, folks. We only say it if you hit the like button. We should be, we should be able to get up over 100 pretty easily. So we're at 37 right now. 
let's double that number quickly. NFL strategy show coming up next. That's at 11 a.m. You're going to get the breakdown for what we've got going on for the first week of the playoffs. Then we're back for the deeper dive tonight at 5.30. Reminder, lock is at 7.30. So we're a half hour later than we normally are. Deeper dive at 5.30. NBA live before lock at 6.30. The one thing that's not changing, though, you guys need to use our avatar. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab the logo, load it on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo. If you finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 entries, you get one month of whatever you're looking for at Stochastic. I assume that would be the NBA Sims package. Projections, ownership, boom bust, premium Discord, contest generator, Sims tool, lineup generator, and more that I'm clearly leaving out. You should want to do this because it costs you nothing. Totally free to use the avatar. All you have to do is tweet your win at Stochastic HOF. We want to show off your lineup, show off your result, and we want to give you a month of whatever you're looking for at Stochastic as a reward. Houston Rockets, seven and a half point favorites in Detroit, 227 total. Uh, For this one, Houston looking Pretty good, but I'm seeing it in a slightly different way. Massive ownership coming into an $8,400 Alper in Shingun. He is 33% owned. Not the highest owned guy for Houston, though. That is 37% Jalen Green, 6K shooting guard. We've got 20% coming into Jabari Smith, 15 to Fred Van Vliet, around 10 to Cam Whitmore and Aaron Holiday. Uh, same guys that are normally out for Houston are out in this one. No Tari Eason, no Dylan Brooks. Let's start with the two highest-owned guys in Shingun and Jalen Green. I will put this out there right now. I like Alperin Shingun at 8,400. I'm very surprised to see him being a third of lineups right now. I'm not really. I mean, yeah, that is high, but he really, really, really looks good here. You've seen DK price up a lot of guys. Now, Houston hasn't been priced up. Obviously, they've been priced down, and Deontay Murray has been priced down. But a lot of... Other guys on this slate are just a little more expensive than they have been. Um, and Singoon's not. We've seen time and time again opposing big men destroy Detroit. Yeah. Not playing him because of that, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Like, I don't look at him as the type you have to play. I mean, he's 8400 There are tons of pivots in his price range to go to, but he does look really good to me. I understand the ownership personally. I am paying down at center a lot more. So I'm, I, I, I think he looks like he's the best point per dollar play for me on Houston, but I am paying down a lot more at center than I am paying up in this spot. So I'm finding myself not getting to him. I am getting a bit of Jalen Green, although 37%, again, feels a little high. Although great matchup, Pistons defense, bad. They play pretty quick. The guy that I'm getting to the most, at 10% ownership, I will have a ton of this guy today. Cam Whitmore, 4,300. I have 56% right now. 4,300, small forward only. So difficult uh, position to fill. Played 33 minutes last time out. They stopped playing Jay Sean Tate in the second half, and Whitmore just finished it off. He's been a full part of the rotation since Tari Eason went down, averaging about 16 minutes until this giant minutes bump. He's been playing really well. At the very least, I think he's playing like 22 minutes with the opportunity to usurp Jay Sean Tate in the rotation. We're talking about a guy that was their 20th draft pick this year and only 20th to Houston for some potential character concerns on the back end. Talent-wise, this guy should have been taken a lot earlier. 
This is a name we're going to know moving forward in the NBA, and I think we can get him a little early in DFS contests. He's my favorite play on Houston by far. Yeah, I'm so with that. I was You had actually mentioned him, I think on the last show we did, whenever that was, yesterday or the day yeah. before. And you're right. Again, now, we obviously, most of our analysis is the data, as it should be. But mm-hmm. you're right. I am a huge college basketball fan. I know a lot about college basketball. Whitmore was easily one of the best players in college basketball last year as a freshman, only fell because of those concerns that you mentioned. So not playing him because of that, but to see him have success at the NBA level is not surprising. On one hand, I wish he were a little bit cheaper, but on the other, I think that if he were under 4K, he'd actually be pulling ownership. And this is the type of guy that I don't expect him to like 10X this price tag, but he's got offensive game. Like he can put the ball in the hoop. This is a great spot against Detroit. No matter how this game plays out, he's going to play minutes. I really, yeah. really like Whitmore here. Yeah, th- I think that's the key piece. Like, he's clearly going to be some sort of... I mean, I think he is live to start today in Jayshon Tate's place. Like, I don't think it would be crazy at all to see him just get that spot. Maybe they don't do it, but I think they probably should do it. That's besides the point. If he's coming off the bench, you're expecting around 20. But we already know that he can get that closing rotation and take it. And if for some reason this game goes in the reverse and Detroit is kicking the shit out of Houston, he's the guy you want to play the blowout run anyway. You want him to get those minutes. So I feel like his minutes upside is good sort of no matter how this game plays out. Even if Houston's kicking the shit out of Detroit, why wouldn't they want Whitmore out there getting more playing time? Like that's the perfect scenario to me. Yeah, I'm so with you. And just talking about this also... I completely understand the Jalen Green ownership because it's a price play, but I that that does not sit well with me. Like, I also think that the more Cam Whitmore emerges, that could hurt Jalen Green. Like, yeah, obviously Jalen Green was the higher pick, et cetera, but Jalen Green is teetering. Like, yes. would Houston deal Jalen Green? I think so. I think so too. Uh, I know who is regretting it. And TJ Williams said it Cam Whitmore from Baltimore Lakers blew it by passing up on him. Lakers at the number 17 spot took Jalen hood. Shafino. Do you know the guys that went directly after him? Right after Jalen hood. Shafino. That would be at number 18. The Miami heat select Jaime <laughs> Hawkes going well uh, at number 19, the golden state warriors select Brandon Pajemski and at thir- uh, 20, rather the Houston Rockets take Cam Whitmore. I think the Lakers would happily take any one of those three dudes. I agree. I don't think that that's like a knock on Chifino either. I mean, not saying no. he's going to be something, but who knows at this point. Right. But after seeing what we're getting out of Jaime Hawkes and Pajemski yeah. in their first two seasons, it's like, oh yeah, the Lakers would really like to have a guy that plays 26 minutes and not a guy that does not play at all. <laughs> Fair. What do you like on the Pistons side? Because the only guy in double digits of ownership on DraftKings or FanDuel, it's Killian Hayes. And uh, that is not an experience that I have loved. I have 2% of Asar Thompson, 2% of Boyan, 2% of Ivy, 2% of Wiseman, 2% of Marcus Sasser, and then a little bit of Killian Hayes. I would rather have none of this garbage team. Oh, by the way, Beef Stew is going to be back today. Oh, interesting. I was going to say, I mean, not that that really changes things. It adds another body to the rotation. I think yeah. Duran is my favorite piece, but he's only center eligible. He's yeah. 7,400. Like if I were making one lineup right now, I wouldn't get to any Detroit. They just, 
they're priced up a little bit for Cade being out. They're in a bad spot against Houston. They suck. Like Duran can get there in any matchup, but I'm I'm not going out of my way for Detroit here at all. No, ten to one in ownership for Shangun on the opposite side to Duran. At least a little sneaky. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is the thing about Sangoon. I said I liked the ownership and I or I liked the plan. I understood it, but he is like the most negative or he's the second most negatively leveraged player in our tools behind only Jalen Green. So yeah, yeah I think that's the case you can make for getting and away from that. To, to speak on that, both of those ownership numbers are going to come down. When we see that giant optimal versus mm-hmm. ownership rate you're usually going to see that normalize as we get more data. So I think you'd probably see Shingun go to like, you know, 20% optimal, but the ownership comes down to like 26. And all of a sudden it doesn't look as extreme. Same for Jalen Green, 14% optimal, 37% owned. That's just not ever going to exist in that way. Uh, So we will see that come down a bit. I I don't see Jalen Green as like a 37% guy. I think that's more like in the the 20s. And I think it'll look a little bit more reasonable. But again, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Like we, we need more info. No, I completely agree. I know you and Adam have talked about that a lot and it's it's just yeah. the truth. So yeah, one thing is going to even out there. It's probably the ownership coming down with you. The Golden State Warriors are three and a half point underdogs in Chicago, 229 total. Single digit ownership to everybody on the Warriors right now. Uh, let's not forget except for one guy, by the way, but let's not forget they are going to be without Draymond Green, Moses Moody, Chris Paul, and Gary Payton. So that's four rotation pieces. 26% ownership coming into a $3,700 Kavon Looney. I mentioned I'm paying down at center. Uh, We got to the guy I'm paying down for. I have 44% Looney. I think at 3,700, assuming he starts, I don't know how you get away from that. Yeah, you don't. It's just another value play. I mean, we talk about this a lot. Um, in other sports, the cheap value play that's getting a ton of ownership is worth at least talking about fading. You never just fade someone because of that. And NBA, it's just not. Like, you just play those guys. Yeah. I, I, I don't, like, he started, he played 18 and a half minutes, but they got the shit kicked out of him so bad that, like, nobody real... Like, like they didn't close with him, but they also didn't close with Steph Curry. So, like, it's a different kind of game, and that's why he's not on the floor. Can he step into more minutes? Yeah. I went 22. I don't think that is outlandish for what we've got going. We know that we just removed another rotational piece in Moses Moody, so they do need more playing time somewhere. If he's getting 22 minutes, and in this matchup, I don't mind it at all with Vooch on the opposite side or Drummond. Like, they're running out real centers not like fake centers come on Looney looks like a nice value play just has to stay in the starting lineup otherwise I don't want much here from Golden State they are a difficult team to peg down you said you were spending down at center I've been trying to figure out who the other guy was this whole time it's Looney if there's another is it Tillman it is not Tillman um in in it, it really is just mostly Looney because he's in okay. half of my stuff yeah and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the big men, especially when you get a starter at 3,700, that's a center. Yeah. Like, again, we know who Looney is. He's not going to score a ton and he's no. probably not going to put up a score that's like, oh my God, I have to have Looney. But at 3,700, you're getting closer to the point where he can put up that score. So I'm with you. He just makes, and I talk about this in my contrarian article a lot, like he just makes roster construction so much easier. He, he it, it does. It just it makes it so easy to get all, to all of those pay up guards. Like uh-huh. you don't have to struggle at all to hunt those guys down. 
just to check it out. Chicago Bulls, 12th in offensive rebounding, 23rd in defensive rebounding. That plays pretty well for Kevon Looney. Speaking of the Bulls, close to 20% ownership on Vooch, on DeRozan, on Caruso, around 10 to Levine and Kobe White. These guys look pretty good. DeRozan down to 7,100 today. Small forward, power forward. I have 36%. To me, he's very clearly the best Chicago guy to get to, but I'm getting Caruso. I'm getting Vooch. I'm getting Levine. I kind of like this Chicago side against this, I don't know what the Golden State Warriors are right now, but kind of like the Bulls. I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't know who the Warriors are right now, but the Bulls are too cheap all the way around. I mean, when these guys have been healthy, we've seen them over 8K, all of them, for the majority of the season. Now, maybe yeah. they were a little bit overpriced, but DeRozan is way too cheap. Levine's too cheap. And Vooch, eh, feel less, I feel less good about Vooch, if you will, just because of the emergence of Drummond. But yeah. Levine and DeRozan are going to have the ball in their hands. So those guys look great. I think DeRozan looks like one of the best plays on the entire slate. Surprised Same. he's not getting more ownership. Like, he just looks like a guy you can play and feel comfortable he's gonna you know he's got a nice floor and at that price point his ceiling is a lot higher than it usually is yeah like it's uh, 7100 i mean that is that is comically low for him yeah that's actually you know, if, he, if he hits 7x we're talking about 49 and a half fantasy points like that is that's not all that crazy for him you need that too if he puts up 46 plus you need that yeah yep you're gonna feel real good about it at that price tag yeah, I have all of these dudes right now. Patrick Williams didn't get the start last time out, came off the bench, so they're they're going back to that DeRozan at the four type look. I really like the Chicago team. On FanDuel, I don't think you get to them much. Uh, they're all single digits in ownership. You don't see the same sort of pricing that you do on, on the DK end, but Bulls side looks good with a Golden State team that is just grasping for straws right now. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I ever would have thought at all at any point this season that I feel better about the Bulls than I do the Warriors. Yeah. I don't think anybody did. I don't think the Bulls did. Right. I feel pretty good about the Bulls. I feel even better about the deal at BetMGM. They are the sponsor. And here's the here's what you got to do. Click the link in the description or the one in chat. Bet $5. Get 158 in bonus bets. This is for the... Super Bowl. They added an extra 100. They didn't want to just do 58 bucks. That wouldn't have made a ton of sense. So you get 158 in bonus bets. You got to wager at least five. You get two $50 bets and $158 bonus bet. Even if you lose your $5 bet and the three bonus bets, you're only really down five bucks. And that would be a terrible run out. You hit one of those bonus bets and you're paying it off very easily. You hit two and you're very happy with the way that this went down. All you have to do is click those links to sign up. You got to be in a legal betting state. That should be obvious. The legal age for gambling in most states is 21 or over. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Mario Banks says, future warrior Vucevic. No. Why would anyone want him? He's awful and shouldn't play for the Bulls. No one would take his salary. No one would trade an asset for him. Nikola Vucevic is actively bad. And I would not be surprised if he is out of the league in two years. How's that? No, I don't think he's going to the Warriors. Yeah, he's I wouldn't take him on a minimum. Yeah, his he just doesn't really fit, and he just doesn't really fit right now. Um, I don't know if I'd take it quite as far as you do, but I'm on your side there. 
52% true shooting this season, a negative 0.2 EPM. He's shooting 27% from three. People think he spaces the floor. 27% from three this year, 34 last year, 31 the year before that. He had one good year. He shot 40% from three the year that uh, Orlando fleeced Chicago and made the trade. He has been a dumpster fire of garbage ever since. Last year, negative 0.1 EPM for the season. It has been close to two years of him being gutter trash in terms of being a center. The problem with the Bulls lies with Nikola Vucevic. By the way, 33 years old, making some real money, not creating anything whatsoever in terms of success, and uh, has always been a terrible defensive center. Not exactly what Golden State's looking for. I didn't realize he was that old. He definitely won't be in the league when his contract's done. He he is from the moment he got traded, he's been on the on the downslope. It's funny Orlando fleeced them, and they still haven't really gotten anything out of that deal because Wendell Carter has been hurt and not as productive as they thought. But you'd still take Wendell Carter right now. I mean, fifteen out of ten times over Vucevic. Yeah, he's a negative one point seven in Darko. I mean, we are talking about without question the worst starting center in basketball. I don't don't even. I couldn't pick another guy. I wouldn't think of that, you know, just by like, if you asked me who the worst starting center is, but I mean, listening to those numbers, I have zero argument. Yeah. Like BD says a good rebounding stretch five that can shoot. Doesn't fit with Curry. He can't shoot. Yeah. The data, all of this is right here. I'm not making these numbers up. He hasn't been able to shoot since 2021. That was three years ago in a different city. Like, yeah, that's, that's we're not wild. talking. It's been years, years since he's been an effective offensive player. It's bad. It, like, I don't, I don't care if Vooch is good. I don't care if Vooch is bad. He's shooting 27% from three this year. I'd That's, rather have Looney I'd underhanded from three. Who gives <laughs> a shit at that point, right? According to rumors, Golden State said they want a scoring seven-footer. Yeah, they should get one. It's just not him. Like, yeah, I don't, he's a negative a offensive fit. player. Who would be a good fit for Golden State? I mean, I don't think anybody. I don't think that they have the opportunity to turn this around. So I would Same. be going the opposite direction if I were the Warriors. I mean, you know, Miles Turner. Uh, I was going to say Turner, but Turner doesn't move the needle. Like, they're not a championship no. team with Turner. No, not at all. Not, there is there is no answer to me. Like Clay makes too much money, he's cooked. Chris Paul makes too much money, he's Chris Paul. I mean, that's like a different story. Wiggins has died on the vine at some point in time. It's just there's nothing here. The only answer for them, and people can laugh at this and say it's impossible, but literally, the only answer for them is if if they regain their previous form, because there is no move they can make to fix this. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. It's just over, which is fine. Look, they've been one of the best teams in basketball, one of the best teams ever in the history ever. of basketball over the past 10 years. Like, at some point in time, people age out. Yeah, it just seems to be happening. And when it happens, it usually kind of happens, like, in a hurry. Frankie, you name, the, you name the starting center that's not worse than Vooch. We'll keep it going. Clippers, seven-and-a-half-point favorites in Memphis, 227 total. I don't know what kind of bad luck – mojo they got going on in memphis but holy hell no adams aldama biombo they cut no clark jackson laravia john morant obviously out derrick rose out marcus smart broken finger out six weeks everybody's in for the clippers 
you want to play Zubats, Harden, Kawhi, or Paul George, I will not talk anybody out of any of those four plays. I don't think anybody stands out here, though, for the Clippers. No, when they're all healthy like this, um, you know, it's not a great spot against me. It's not a bad spot, but not one of those guys stand out. Like, if you get to exposure to any of them, sure, but they're not building black type guys tonight. They might be the best team in the NBA, though, right now, besides Boston. I mean, they're, they are cooking right now, big time, big time. But I don't have a single share. I will happily, happily take any bit of them. And you see Kawhi Leonard in your lineup, you're like, okay, cool. But I don't get the sense that they're going to need to get out of second gear for this one. Same. And, like, they just have, when they have the three-headed monster that they do right now, like, they don't, no, none of them need to, like, take over games like they would if they didn't have the other guys. I know. The Memphis side is different. These guys are ultra shorthanded. We don't really know who we're going to get. I projected nine guys for Memphis. I have all nine of them in at least a lineup. They got rid of Bismack Biombo. I guess we're going to get Tillman now. It's just like a normal center, but I don't trust them in any way. Uh, I think the guys that stand out the most are Vince Williams at 5,300, who they just converted from a two-way to a real contract. I am happy to pay 9,100 for Desmond Bain, shooting guard, small forward. If this game can stay competitive, there's only so many guys that could help do that for Memphis. But the guy that we're showing the most ownership to, 22% to Luke Kennard, $4,800 shooting guard. I think the big piece we need for Memphis is who is the starting lineup? In this moment, I don't have a great feel for it, so I kind of like everybody. But this could really consolidate if the starting lineup breaks weird. For example, Jacob Gilliard is on this team as basically the only point guard. He's the flat 3K at 3% ownership. I don't think he starts, but if he does and plays 20 minutes, you now have a flat 3K starting point guard. Or if they all of a sudden have a, have a lineup where it's like Bane as the point guard, yeah. it makes me like him even more. I like all of Memphis and I hate them at the same time. I just hate these spots like... They're already out Morant. Now no Marcus Smart. They just, I think they might really, really struggle with like generating offense just because they don't really have that point guard who's going to, you know, run run their offense and they're facing a good Clippers team. That said, DFS is a pricing game and these guys will now have the opportunity for minutes and more usage with without those guys. So Bain, you know, doesn't necessarily make me feel good, but He's projected to be optimal 12% of the time this slate plays out, only getting 7% ownership. Yeah, like I like that play a lot. And then I think you can look at the other Memphis guys as fillers now. They are more expensive than they've been. So like Vince Williams is now 5,300. Looks good, but not like the auto lock he was at 4,100. Kennard, yeah. the same thing. I do like Tillman though. I think it's risky. Kind of reminds me, even though they have completely different games of Duop Reef, like we just don't know exactly what they're going to do there. But, no, he's proven that if he gets good minutes, he can be productive. He's still priced decently affordably. So I, I, I'm looking at Tillman. I want Memphis exposure. I don't want too much of it, if that makes sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have 6% 
I like it. Look, he he's live to play really big minutes. If Jaron Jackson Jr. picks up any real foul trouble, they don't have a choice. Like Tillman is just playing as many center minutes as he can handle at that point. I, now, if that doesn't happen, they can go to Jackson at the five, but they don't exactly have a lot of natural fours to slide in alongside of him. Like everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. But I think you have to get to some of Memphis in this spot just because they freed up too many minutes. The key piece will be who is this starting lineup. Yeah, definitely. Orlando Magic, three and a half point dogs in Miami, 219 total. This is the lowest total on today's slate. Orlando missing a bunch of guys like they have been missing a bunch of guys. Q tag on Wendell Carter Jr. No Gary Harris, Kavon Harris, John Isaac, or Franz Wagner. We get Joe Ingles back for this one. 6% ownership to Paolo Bancaro is the only guy getting any love. Everybody else is single digits. I think that's the only guy you can roster from Orlando and feel good about it. Same. I don't even feel great about it in this spot. So if I were making one lineup now, I wouldn't get to anyone on Orlando with the caveat being that Bancaro is in play any slate he's on because it's Paolo Bancaro. This game just does not look good from a DFS perspective to me. Frankie Lofton, I've never read anything less interesting than the things that you say in chat, if that's crazy. So the starting center for the Blazers is DeAndre Ayton, not Reith. I will absolutely take DeAndre Ayton before I take Vooch. Goga Batadze over Vooch, unquestionably. I'll also take Wendell Carter Jr., the guy they traded to ruin that team. Both of those guys are better than him. For anyone talking shit about Batadze, he ranks like really high defensively as far as centers. There's a reason Orlando's third in defensive rating, and it's not because of guards. (laughs) Yeah, no, amen. And Carter's the same way. I'm not sure if Carter is as good as Batadze defensively, but similar, and he's better offensively. Yeah. Nick Richards is not the starting center for the Charlotte Hornets. That would be Mark Williams. And I promise you Orlando would trade Vooch in a nanosecond for him. Charlotte would not give Nick Richards even for Vooch. That might be true. They signed him to like a really good uh, team-friendly deal last year. Certainly we not. We got to understand how bad Vooch is. He's not the best center on his own team. He's also old and getting right. paid. I agree that Jalen Suggs is a, a fantastic defensive player, but he's not the reason they're third. That starts and ends at the rim. Yeah, 100%. If Frankie, chat agreeing with you is not a good thing for you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's not helpful. Not helpful at all. Miami Heat side. Nope, I typed Miami in the wrong spot. Uh, Miami. No ownership coming into these guys. Single digits across the board. Still no Jimmy Butler. It looks like we could get Caleb Martin back. If we don't, you know, we've got Haywood Highsmith and Jovich playing massive minutes this last time out. But once again, 219 total. These are two teams that don't exactly play fast. They skewed defensively. Do you want to get to anything from Miami? No. Only way I'll even look at Miami, I think, is if Hero's out. Is, isn't he questionable? Tyler Hero for today is questionable, as is Caleb Martin. Doubtful tags on Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. So you must have already said that. My fault. Um, no, I did I, not say that. Okay. Uh, no. I mean, this game is is not attractive to me. Like, again, Bam, it falls into that Boncaro boat where, like, you can play Bam on any given slate, but I'm not – Going yeah. out of my way for Bam here. Uh, what's he saying? Uh, all of all of chat is like, yo, we don't agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. That's good. 
Yeah, like I have 6% BAM. I like that, especially if Shingun's going to be in the 30s. Like that's a pretty natural pivot to a lower owned guy. BAM can go out there and smash, uh, particularly in this spot. I don't think he does, but like five to one in ownership or whatever is is extreme for someone like BAM. But like that's all I see. Like five to 10% of hero and BAM is really everything that I want. Now, if we get hero out and Martin out, we're just going to have an overwhelming amount of minutes to get to. Yeah, then it's going to be guys where you're not going to feel like quote-unquote comfortable, but like the Duncan Robinsons of the world. Then like Hakez starts to look good because his usage will probably pick up a ton with no hero. I mean, hero just yeah. eats up a lot of usage. So, you know, yeah. they'll all look better. So we got to keep an eye on that one because obviously the hero and Martin news mean a lot. But if everybody is in that's questionable, I don't think we get to a lot of Miami. Yeah, same. Even if Hero's out, like they look better, but not like, like give me the Cam Whitmores of the world over those guys yes. still. Yes. The Portland Trailblazers are two touchdown underdogs to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 221 total. The highest owned guy for Portland is 6% Anthony Simons. I don't think anybody's happy with for playing him yesterday. There is no ownership coming into Portland. Now they are on a back-to-back. We don't know what they're doing. Shaden Sharp got hurt. I'm assuming he doesn't play. I do have Jabari Walker in, but he has been missing the past couple games. Seems like Brogdon will play since he sat yesterday for rest, but I'm not sure it matters. Number one defense on the opposite side. Portland couldn't get it done against a top five defense in OKC yesterday, and I think they run into the same problems today. Same, and I hate plays like this because no numbers back it up. But from a GPP perspective, I really like the idea of going back to Simons here. He was so popular last night, like 50% owned in some of the higher dollar stuff. He's still too cheap. He was so bad in the first half last night. He wasn't good in the second half, but he only played like six minutes. He made, I think, four threes in the third quarter. Like, listen, if Portland is competitive here, Simons has a lot to do with it, most likely. You're taking a lot of risk there uh, because it probably won't be competitive, but Man, I really like the idea of going to Simon. That doesn't mean I'm going to play him here because the numbers, at least right now, don't really back it up. But just in my head, I like that call. I have 4% Simons and nothing else, but we need an injury report here. So we'll know a lot more on the deeper dive and live before lock. Well, hopefully more on the deeper dive and live before lock when we get their injury report. Minnesota on the opposite side, 14% ownership to, to Edwards, 16 to Towns, 12 to Gobert. Gobert is questionable tonight. If he misses again, we know what that starts to open up. But $8,900 point guard shooting guard Anthony Edwards, I think, is getting underrepresented in this matchup against what is basically an advanced G League team. Yeah, he's his price is falling. He had been kind of in the mid-9Ks, you know, a couple, I wouldn't even call it a slump, just a couple off games, and now he's under 9K. I like Edwards a ton here. And, you know, just going back to what I said about Simons, like if I like Simons, that only makes me like a guy like Edwards even more. Oh, Frankie, you're terrible at this. You're terrible at this. Yeah, 34% of Edwards for me. I The fact that he's under 9K in this matchup against Portland is just a dream scenario. And I actually like him more if Gobert is out because you just create a much better offensive. Like, I'll happily give up Minnesota defense for yeah. offense and create more spacing for someone like Edwards. So I think that ends up actually looking better because I don't think, like, you know, like I want him to have a clean path to the rim beating all of these garbage Portland dudes off the dribble. Just to 
to kind of go a little bit into more detail about my Simons Edwards point, because I kind of want to get your take. Yeah. I think the, the idea of runbacks is a little bit overblown in NBA because it's such a pricing game. Like it just doesn't matter as much as people want it to. But in a situation like this where there's such a big spread, I do think that there's more at least worth talking point about the correlation because like Simons, like yeah. if the game's competitive, you want, you know, you'll get more minutes from him and then, you know, that translates to Edwards. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I said the same thing on the process this morning for uh, when you roster Alex Caruso, you're hoping that he plays 28 to 30 minutes. And the only way that ever is happening is if they're in a competitive game because they want him to be out there. If it's not competitive, Alex Caruso is going to play 22 minutes because he is not the guy they need in the late fourth quarter in those situations. So he different, different play style for sure, but same sort of thought process, like for him to get to where you want to be, the, the game has to be close. And I think you can just substitute Anthony Simons for Caruso just for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Absolutely. Final game. Charlotte Hornets, one-point dogs against San Antonio. Uh, I didn't know this until this morning, but evidently, LaMelo Ball is questionable for today, as is Cody Martin, Frank Nilakina, doubtful on P.J. Washington, out tag for Mark Williams. It's impossible for us to talk about this right now because the LaMelo news matters. If LaMelo's in, I find it very difficult to want to get to anything from Charlotte because everybody gets knocked down a peg or two. If LaMelo is still out, then you could work in Terry Rozier, Nick Richards, Miles Bridges, Cody Martin, Brandon Miller, because you're facing San Antonio. But if LaMelo is back, it becomes very difficult. I agree. You can't play anyone if he's back. If he's out, then the Bridges and Rogiers of the world are priced accordingly. They're priced where they should be, but that doesn't mean they don't have upside in this spot. I don't know one way or the other, but I actually think Lamelo plays. He's been practicing recently. I don't think he plays a full workload, but I think he at least get him out there. Um, we'll see. Maybe they don't. Who the hell knows? But yeah, it's a really good spot against San Antonio. The only guy that I could make the case for playing if Lamelo plays is Bridges because yep. you could make the case that like LaMelo just makes his game a lot easier, which it probably does, but he's now at the price point where you kind of need everything you can get from him. So long story, long winded way of saying, I agree with you. And if he's out, then all bets are off. Grab whatever starter you want for Charlotte. It's going to look good against San Antonio. 241 total, basically tied for the second best total on today's slate. The San Antonio side, also single digits in ownership across the board. Now, very different on FanDuel. Pricing is way easier to get to. Wemby's 9,100. 1.83 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. Only guy that I'm getting to with any volume is 10% of Devin Vassell. Dominic Barlow is questionable. You can take a, a like a run at him at 3,900 as the backup center, but... I really don't think I'm going to get much from the Spurs either. They just, they don't run the rotations that make you feel good. No, they really don't. And Wemby is the guy that you want, but he's just not playing enough minutes to, like he had a triple double last game in what, 24 minutes. And he's still like, he had 50 DraftKings points, which is fine, but you're not like at nine K I need that. So really, really hard to get to San Antonio when they're healthy like this. And Wemby's still on the mini minutes limit. Yeah. I got two. I got 2% of Chetty Osman, which I'd really like to go away. But in a game that I would like to have a bunch of, yeah. I really just don't have that much. That's what I was about to say. I like this game a lot. 
But yeah, it goes back to what we said, just from a pricing standpoint, like everyone in this game who you would want is priced where they should be or a little bit expensive. Hell of a slate we've got ahead of us here. You're back for Live Before Lock tonight, correct? I am. So I will see you for a couple minutes after your show. Yes, you will. I will be back for the deeper dive. Shout out to BetMGM for being the sponsor. Uh, shout out to us for doing these shows because we're pretty awesome. Hit that like button on your way out the door. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you later.